like it. I like your haircut. Your haircut actually looks good on the um, on the through the television, mate. Thanks, man. I like I like it. It's I tough. told you yesterday it was nice. It's tough. <laughs> buzz cut. The, yeah, the beard's good, but I think the beard and the buzz. Could I survive um, in prison with this intimidating look? I think you could. I think you could. You've got the belly for it as well these days. Like no one's gonna screw with you, bro. <laughs> Dog shot. Like, Dog stay shot. <laughs> stay away from the boy. He'll pull like stand up your... Can you stand up and show us your six pack just while you're at it, bro? Uh, no, don't. It's hidden. It's, in, it's hidden under some winter warmth as well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. New episode of the pod. Thanks for jumping on. We've just had the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this week. We've got a bit of IndyCar to talk about as well. We just had Le Mans this weekend as well. Big weekend of racing. We'll start with everybody's favourite, Formula One. Um, let's jump straight into it. H. Yo. Got a few um, gripes from this weekend. Should we jump straight into that? Oh, actually, before quickly, we jump into that, yeah, we'll give a quick recap. So, um, for anyone who hasn't watched the race, jump we'll on KO. <laughs> yep, jump on to KO or, or Fox and get click the, the link again. Um, yep. We're still not getting any money from these guys nah. for, for our promotion, but something that we're working on. Um, what we should do is every time we talk about a category, we have to plug um, the provider in Australia. It's one of two. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. It's so a just, monopoly. Just, just give them plugs. It's an absolute monopoly. Um, but Max Verstappen with the race win, um, Sergio Perez in second, and George Russell in third. If you're just looking at the results, it doesn't really tell the whole story of um ferrari's weekend and we'll dive into that during the race but um the, the limping horses not the prancing horses well i think they're shot because they weren't limping they were, they were they were out um but let's jump straight into it boys we'll start with ferrari then so they were looking pretty strong you know all weekend um it actually qualifying looked really good the competition between ferrari and red bull throughout was quite strong um, and it was interesting that both cars were making up their time in very different sectors of the track, which is obvious in in the fact that both cars find their speed in different places, but it's also good to see um, like that little bit of diversity. And then um, Carlos Saints on lap four, I think it was, um, pulled off with a gearbox issue. I, don't quote me, but it could have been a gearbox issue. Sounded then, gearboxy. Mm, well, he, he was, you know, as soon as he started down. It wasn't gearbox, it was the um, brakes. It was brake the brakes. Wire, the brake by wire hydraulics. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. there you go. So what happens when um, you do your research, boys? <laughs> yeah, true. I shouldn't listen to Crofty. That's my bad, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's what I, I think on the telecast they said brake a uh, uh, gearbox. On the telecast, anyway. I thought it was a. A gearbox until after well, the fact well even even watching the the on board and, and the noise it made it sounded like yeah. it was yeah, gearbox clunky. but anyway yeah. thanks joe you're going to resident engineer for the podcast now as well mate it's just um, boy wisdom <laughs> <laughs> more room to store stuff <laughs> That's it. Um, and then i think it could have been halfway through the race maybe a little bit further than the halfway um, we had Leclerc who had a, it was a about much a quarter more... of the race because it was lap seventeen. There you go. Um, oh, so with all the stats today, <laughs> much more. It was a much more dramatic um, engine failure um, going down the main straight. So quite a ordinary performance from Ferrari. Um, it doesn't help their championship situation at all and it's crazy to and we might delve into this a little bit later on but it's crazy to think that to start the season we thought that they were going to be the team to beat they still seem like they've got the most well-rounded car but for max verstappen to be 30 points ahead of leclerc as it is right now and to have two dnfs in the first three races that kind of goes to show how quickly um it's hit the fan for for ferrari and it also kind of raises the whole conversation about how quickly they can get this ship turned around because if they keep having situations like they are right now um they might be too far gone in the championship in a couple of races time so what do you boys make of that i think the team's championship's chalked i'll say that straight out mm. i think that's yeah, it's, done it's like 80 um, points or something isn't it yeah well, carlos hasn't really helped that with something his early season form I'm just basing off the fact that even um, when you look at Sergio as of recent, he looks like a an actual race winner. And that's something that we can't say of Carlos at all. 
He looked um, he looked stronger than um than Max for most than of the Max weekend. during during yeah. all of the weekend. Like he was yeah. like it's interesting that he didn't win the race realistically based off of how late they pitted him and how they didn't pit him under the virtual safety car. But you know, if they had have made that decision, we very easily could be talking about him have won winning you know, winning two races this season. So there's no chance in hell that Red Bull are letting anyone get close to Max. Let's just throw that one out there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious. Um, it's also tough for Sergio signing the like obviously he knows he's the number two driver, but it would be hard to swallow knowing that you know it's not it's not very often that you're gonna be you know the dominant driver on a weekend when you're up against Max Verstappen as a teammate, but all weekend he was the number one. Well, um, realistically, so for- the easiest way for them to secure the second, the, uh, the the double championship, now with where Max is, is to keep maximizing his points anyway. Um, I mean, how how they finish if they're flying sort of one two, sort of what we said with McLaren a couple of times, mm-hmm. doesn't change anything in terms of the team points. So yeah. um. I mean, for them, like it's 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 killing two birds with one stone. But I mean, what I was saying was that he's he he looks like a race winner, um, and in a lot of instances over the last two weekends, he's looked like the 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 pacier of the two cars. Um, I mean, which is exactly the sort of headache you want as a team principal or just as a team in general. Um, and and Ferrari hasn't really had that at all this year with with what Carlos has been bringing. We had a better race last week, but now with the new, this new um, engine problem that's arisen over the last two or three races, and it's not just with Ferrari, it's with all their um, their supplied teams as well, with Haas yeah. having problems and Alfa Romeo having problems. Um, it seems like this is a problem that right at the moment they have no answers for. And then you throw in the fact that um, that Carlos's problem was totally unrelated as well, something to do with the um, the braking, as I previously said. Mm. Um, that there's another headache that they're going to have to get their head around as well. Well, to to just um, piggyback off what you're saying, the issue, the other issue that has to be taken into consideration, if there are the engine issues that they're having, and we have an even more stringent um, allocation of engines this year. Um, it's not going to be an issue that's going to be like, it's going to be an issue that's going to affect them moving forward. with still, you know, three quarters of the season to go. Um, so it's just going to, it's essentially just another free kick against them that they're going to have to try to rally against. So, yeah. But I think Red Bull's kind of in the same boat after the first couple of rounds, they had to use true. up a few different power units. So it swings and roundabouts, I guess it's going to come around for both at this point, but I do think, and we've said it before, Red Bull's, way more match fit so that's if Ferrari doesn't pick their game up now that you know they got I, I think they've got the best car but I can't see them keeping up at this point I think you can yeah, imagine I, I, you can imagine that um, tracks that come across as specific to a certain car hmm. the other team will probably start taking strategic engine changes to take penalties and, and, and mitigate the losses it's like um look at Brazil last year with Lewis yeah, perfect 100%. example Exactly the same kind of scenario coming. The thing that's really surprised me this weekend was checking the table is how close Mercedes are to Ferrari with the car that they've rolled out this year. Ferrari, Formula One put something up today saying, you know, it was a graphic about um, George Russell calling him Mr. Consistency. And if you look at his season, it's fifth, fourth and thirds in every race so far. I think there's one sixth and that's about it. No, I think he's so, been in the top five all year. Top That's, five. Yeah. Is it? Fifth, fourth, yeah. and third all season. So um, you want to talk about someone maximizing where their car's at. Now, the reality is the car's nowhere near the Red Bull, but he's been consistent. He's kept it clean. And, you know, he's still. It's crazy. He, he's kind of kept McLaren in, in the championship standings because Mercedes. Hamilton hasn't. Mm. Sorry, yeah, kept Mercedes McLaren's in the championship there, standing because. Um, <laughs> because you know, Hamilton can't even get out of the car right now. So it's Hamilton it's was kind really of, good this weekend. Really, he was, but like he couldn't get out of the car. Because <sighs> he had a sore. Do we you know, do we think that's a bit of shithousery going on? I think it's a bit of theatre. I've, I've read an interesting bit of um, information this week about this whole porpoising problem. Anyway, yeah. What so is it? um, so last year there was a uh, the idea of porpoising. Um, mm was presented to the teams as a big possibility. And um, 
the FIA had a night and say they said we can mitigate it if we all run um, a minimum ride height. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would have it would have raised the cars up a bit, which would have then mitigated the porpoising. And all the big teams, uh, most teams, but all the big teams said no, and they, they don't want to. They, they don't want. They don't want that um, to sort but of limit them. Who are the big teams? That, the big three. Mercedes definitely said it. Ferrari said it, and Red Bull said it, and then whoever else. But, but so I don't want to hear any drivers complaining about porpoising because this was a team, like a team decision. And if it was voted on, and then these problems have still arisen, and teams are handling them worse than other teams, mm. and the teams that voted on no have that problem, like this is it's an it's it's a it's a non-argument. It's it's absolutely ridiculous now that we're hearing Lewis have a have a bitch and moan about porpoising when his own team voted against the minimum ride height. My gripe. You think back to 2014, everyone was complaining. I can't even remember what they're complaining about. Toto comes out and says, stop whinging, build a better car. Mm-hmm. Well, Toto's really not complaining about it. That's the thing. He, like the team itself isn't complaining about the porpoising. It's mainly the drivers. But you would think that there would be some memo no, but, out to the drivers like, guys, we voted for this. Let's not you know, look like fools in, when it comes to like when this information comes out, which it has this week. Toto was interviewed yesterday. I don't know if either of you saw it. Um, I, can't, I think it was before the race, and he said, there's got to be something done about this. It's not safe. The porpoising. About the porpoising. Well, and he was saying, he was saying they, they're trying to lobby the FIA to lift ride heights, etc., etc. This was on the Sky, the sky too, too coverage. Little, too little, too late. So someone's heard that, and they've released a, a bit of information about it then. Yeah, so... Mercedes. I didn't, I didn't know that till yesterday. Till yesterday, and I, when, when I heard that, mm. I, all all this bouncing shit has. Um, I'm surprised how long anymore. it's taken that team to bloody get on top of it. If I'm being honest, because I thought four races I'd kind of be on top of it, but it must be that you know the fundamental design principles of that car, you know, are what you're instigating it's the, the it's whole. The, it's the design principles. The whole of, philosophy of the right? new philosophy, though. It's it's the philosophy that has this yeah, problem I that they're yeah, aware but, of. Yeah, the but, other thing you got to remember is that this is the. But there's other teams that have runway. kind of done a lot better than. There's other teams that have done a lot better oh. than than yeah. Mercedes with that. So it's it's kind of yes, that can be the principle of the new engineering regulations that are in place, but by the team standards, by Mercedes standards, that whole issue is is technically and probably debatably what's holding them back from the other top two teams. 100%. And I would have thought is, that there's... they would have rectified that by now just by considering the juggernaut that is um, Mercedes. The other thing that has to maybe go in, into this conversation is does the cap or the constraints based on wind tunnel testing that are now in place affect how much they can develop and change this particular design on the fly? And is that why they're asking for the cap to be increased? Mm. Mercedes, Mercedes designed two cars. We've seen that. And the, is, you, the you, first you, car with the side pods wasn't porpoising in Barcelona. Yeah, and then not as I'm much sure. as what not as much as this one. Why are they using it then? Why are they still using that design? Because the question was posed to Toto a while ago and he said the data that we're getting in the wind tunnel shows that this is the quickest car that we can build, but it's not correlating to real life. So they're trying to work out why there's a difference between the wind tunnel data and what's happening on the track. So that's why I think they're keeping it. And the then, thing with the wind tunnel is that the wind tunnel can't simulate the actual speed that the car is going down mm. a straight with bumps. Um, Especially a runway I mean, like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, who are we kidding? That an F1 team is not going to sacrifice speed even for the comfort of the driver's head. Hundred um, percent. And for the drivers to 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 think that's a possibility that they're obviously kidding themselves, and they probably know that anyway. Mm. Um, I just think now that we know that this was a p- problem presented to the teams last year, mm. I mean, I have no interest in, in, in hearing drivers complain about it because whether it's team or driver, it's one unit in the sport. Um, I mean, what you're saying, Anthony, about Mercedes getting on top of it, I mean, you can imagine you change one one slight bit on a car and, yeah. and, and then um, like even just the rake of the car and then the whole philosophy is sort of thrown out the door to, so to then bring an upgrade that is going to be bring meaningful sort of boosts to the car without then 
you losing uh, losing either time um, from the the new update and then having the the testing to then make sure it's going to do what you want it to do is is a massive job. Mm. Um, and I think they're sort of just probably biding their time to actually bring meaningful updates without mm. sort of mitigating or getting stuck in the backfield for a weekend. To all of these little niggling let's say growing pains that mercedes have are they realistically are they having an impact on whether hamilton's going to be there next year do you think because he's becoming what from the outside what looks more and more disgruntled but also he's he's kind of kicking up a stink about smaller and smaller things and is that his way of kind of saying this is not for me anymore i think he's the first and using them the, as an excuse i think he's the first of sort of like the the group of champions, which is sort of Alonso, him and um, Vettel mm. to sort of really start making it um, seem, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, I don't know. Like the way, the way, sorry, the way he speaks about these problems is very um, sort of like me-centric. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the other drivers, like we've seen Alonso go to um, that steaming dog shit of a team that McLaren was in when Honda was there mm. and yeah he was disgruntled and stuff but it was always he never sort of put himself above the team he just sort of said this is unacceptable mm. but sort of the language we're getting from Hamilton is much more um like I can't sort of endure this like it's it's not good for me kind of stuff mm. which is really not the the um the way that you want your lead driver sort of presenting himself and then you look on the flip side with who's in the team now George Russell um through what those terrible years at Williams always said the right things always put on like a sort of positive spin on everything and then when the first sort of points arise for the team and um Latifi's in front of him he says you've got to prioritize let prioritize Latifi's car get points from him that was he's all yeah he's and now and even in the Mercedes were seeing the exact same kind of character. He's, he, you, you have to say that Russell, based on his just experience in Formula One, is a lot more, um, I don't know. Grateful don't for know. being in not, position. No, not great. Grateful is not the word, but probably a lot more conditioned to having to struggle and fight. And, and whereas Hamilton for the last seven or eight years has definitely not, in, not been in that situation. Harry, you on our chat said that you had a gripe that you needed to bring to the pod, but you didn't want to let us know what it was um, yeah. prior to the pod. I kind yeah. of think I have an inkling for what it is, but I'll let you elaborate on that, mate. Look, Daniel had a good weekend. Mm. He was, what is it, what, a tenth and a half off Lando and Collie. They qualified yep. 11th and 12th, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and at the start of the Grand Prix, he was on Lando's gearbox for mm. 15, 15 laps. 100%. T- told to stay behind um, to affect Lando's strategy after the pit pit stop. Now, Daniel was clearly the faster car. The hards were clearly the better tyre across across the board this weekend. Mm. With how much of a shitbox that McLaren was down that straight, they were, what, 20 kilometres slower than the next car or whatever it was with DRS. You would think that they would let Daniel through to get onto Alonso. You would think. Right? Yeah. But no, hold hold, hold station. Fair enough. But then, sorry, fucking Lando with his petulant little shit at the end really frustrated me. And what pissed me off even more was the engineer asking Lando if he was happy with the strategy. Oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to let you pass Daniel with a few laps left and then if you can't make a make any ground on Alon- on Alonso we're going to swap are you happy who gives a shit if he's happy or not like what are we doing here are we racing in formula 1 or are we trying to stop this kid having a cry every time something doesn't go his way and i understand he's yeah. ahead of him in the championship but realistically as a team you're thinking daniel's had a shit go we want to lift his confidence let him go i think what we saw this weekend for the first time really since the Zach Brown era at McLaren started was a bit of first driver favoritism. Yep. Um, and it doesn't really help at this stage because they need all the points that they can get and they need whatever drivers performing 
at that particular moment in the race to be mm -hmm. able to maximize that. So from my point of view, I thought it was pretty stupid. Um, and, you know, we've all been crying for Ricardo to find some form. McLaren have been saying the same thing. He needs to find form. And then the first chance that he has to show that, um, they kind of hamstrung him themselves. So yeah, I think you've got to, you raise a bloody good point. I think it's pretty frustrating for uh, anyone who just wants to see good racing. Have you guys noticed the tone changing on the on their on their socials? Um, I've, I've been reading the comments on all their yeah. posts, and people are not happy. And there seems to be a bit of a tide turning in these instances where Lando. You know, last year we had Russia where he was yelling at his team, mm. "Shut up, leave me alone," kind of thing. Like. Daniel Daniel's an elder statesman, yes. He's been struggling, yes. But throughout this whole thing, even when Zach Brown comes out and smashes him in press conferences, mm. he's been the most professional. Like, no, he's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just he frustrating. The only thing for Ricardo is that he actually doesn't have anything to hang his hat on. Whereas Lando's he needs got performances. Performances. That's the end of, that's yeah. the, end of the. That's the end of the um, line. And the I other think... thing is, like, petty F one drivers is hardly a a rare occurrence you know what i mean like if you've got some the faster they get the more uh petty they become for what they want and you know making sure that they want it and i think lando is suspect to that at times um but i think that's also just part of him knowing now that he's the number one driver on the team and he expects the team to to put him first now that's probably not oh. the right thing for the team to be doing and i think what we saw with um the Lando and Saints rivalry in years gone by is that at times they're both going to perform better during over the course of a season. So you've just got to take each race as it comes. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping he's turned a corner now because that was the closest he's been all year. Oh, well, Australia, he was Australia, he was close. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, other than that race, that was the the best race he's had all year, and the car was shit. Here's the thing so, that pees me. When we when, when when Australia happened, we said, "Yeah, Daniel was faster at the end, hmm. but there's no point in the the changing of positions like as a team. Hmm. If you're going to play team orders, you have to play it, you know, in terms of the, what the strategies are, are sort of showing. And at the start of that race, Dan like it was clear that Daniel was getting fed to the wolves in terms of hmm. Gasly coming catching him." But it's not even that part wasn't the part that pissed me off. The part was that it was when Gasly got to him, then they pitted Norris. So mm. if they had let him go, there would have been no change in mm. Norris's strategy at all. But Danny would have been just a little bit more up the road. Who knows how that sort of yeah, changes yeah. part of the race? Well, this this leads to the next probably talking point. So I'll just quickly say the last time we had no team strategies, uh, no team orders like implemented properly was the whole Rosberg and um hamilton, hamilton era mm. and say what you want about it in terms of the problems that it had at least when there's no team orders there's always going to be conflict with your drive with your drive with your drivers but the team can be like we're bipartisan like we're not mm. involved this is all between you guys out on the track you know what i mean yeah. but yeah. when when the team orders start getting involved and doubt starts spreading between drivers about who's actually the favoured driver and stuff like that, that's not conducive to a good team, especially a team well, like McLaren that is trying to actually build. Yeah. But could this be on purpose? Could McLaren be in a situation where they're like, we want Lando, uh, we want Ricardo gone. We're, I don't know if they're paying, if they feel like they're paying him too much money. They are a little bit hamstrung financially. Did you read what I put on the chat today? About yeah, I did. The whole and, 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 that's, and that's the the situation I'm trying to make, if they want to get rid of him and they need him to want to opt out of his contract as well. He needs to well instigate the, the, most, the, the release. Well, the most obvious thing for them to do would get him disgruntled and to get him feel like he's in a situation where he's not valued, where he isn't um, given the chance to perform at his maximum. So this might be a little bit of team tactics to kind of force his hand a little bit. Yeah, but the... They asked. They told Lando to hold at the at the end. So I don't think it's so much the team. It's just what frustrated me was Lando behaving the way he behaved. Yeah, but like but, I think drivers behaving like prima donnas should be expected. I th realistically, like we said this yeah. 
many yeah, weeks ago, Daniel has to qualify better and put himself yeah. in better track position to then not have these problems arise that then him string, string him. You know, what I think that's the biggest, yeah, biggest. But he was in a better track position. Like, yeah, they need to get rid of Team Radio because I think F one yeah. doesn't do itself any favors when it when it um, like. Um, no, just just share Team Radio. Yeah. Well, more, um, they should be a little bit more discreet about how they're yeah, sharing it because they're not putting they're not putting their best foot forward as a sport when that's the kind of stuff that's coming on the airwaves. I think Netflix are sitting there doing these ones now. Oh, hundred percent. They're Netflix, gonna have an... but Netflix have even more access than that. But I'm so, but yeah. for actual just normal fans, like there are drivers who are fans of strolling on TV. Like you just want to put make most fan, like put all your drivers in the best light possible. That they're yeah. actually likable. That's the that's the biggest aim of the game. I've got a yeah. fun fact about Stroll. Tell I don't me. Know. Oh. Apparently, at the Miami Grand Prix, every single driver's merch got sold out except for his. <laughs> <laughs> that's if even that's not an indication. Did. Yeah, even Latifi's. If that's not an indication of his shit, get him out of here. <laughs> but he's um he's he's from North America too, so that's that's sad. Surely, Daddy can enter IndyCar with an Aston Martin team and put Stroll there. He doesn't well, even need to enter Aston Martin. Yeah, just put him in just there. Just put some money tag with some Hugo um, tag. Mm. What is he? What's he? What's he? Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy. Yeah. Um, well, let's go He's into another. He? He's interesting got four or five. There's conversation that after this week's Canadian Grand Prix, Oscar could be taking Latifi's seat at Williams. I saw yeah. that. What are the chances, that. and what do we think about it? Surely the they wait till the mid-year break. If you look at Latifi, here's the, the, the thing about Latifi. He's finished last on the on the track. <laughs> I think every race this year that he's, that he's finished, finished, yeah, like he's been the, the the last car. And then after this week's race, he said, "They said, what? How was your weekend? Or how was your race?" And he said, um, "Didn't have the pace at the start. And then once you lose the DRS tow of cars in front of you, then you get." fed to the um waiting waiting for the blue flags early on in the race like there's no chance and i wanted to say man your your no, team yeah. your teammate had a, a a gambler's chance at a at a points finish if they had pitted him in the um virtual safety car like you can't speak like, like yeah you had a terrible weekend but like the, the 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 thing is is that your your teammate is pushing up to the higher teens mm. pushing towards those points finishes and 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 the sad thing is is that when you were in sort of when they were f2 teammates albon was always better than him mm. but latifi was semi-decent like in that grid yeah. but now the 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 gap is so much but that's the thing he was only ever decent yeah. on that grid he was never um he was never like a world beater in formula two and i think the fact it's like a jolly and palmer and he yeah. sort of outstayed his welcome but the, even jolly and palmer he's he's like the money that was coming from dad very quickly was like, no, nah, it's not con it's not really happening. Um, the well, we sad thing of... for, for Latifi as well is like he can make that claim about losing the DRS toe. But the fact of the matter is if there's, you know, racing going on up ahead, they should technically be slower than someone who's on with clear air. So he should catch up to the back of that train oh. again um, because they aren't really going as fast through any of the corners. If the they're, thing is if he's had enough time now. He's had enough yeah. time now for the whole... Yeah. Um, like getting used to the, to be yeah. to be well and truly done. He got well, yeah, schooled he's... by Russell, which is understandable. Mm. But then I thought oh, I'll be interesting to see how he performs against Alex, who's sort of in that group. But you wouldn't I wouldn't say he's as good as George, but mm. he's he's getting properly schooled again, pretty much. Is it to to me? I don't know what it seems like to you guys. Does it seem like it's worse at the moment with Alex than it ever was with George or is that just because we expect more from Latifi considering he's been in the team for three years I don't think it's worse but I, I definitely didn't expect Alex to be like so single, far ahead like to be yeah like all all the points but they're not even all the points but like always fast and qualifying like I thought mm. oh Latifi might get him once or twice you know on the off chance but realistically like it's if only if Albon has a problem does he Mm. you know have any chance of being ahead of him the other issue that i think we're seeing still with he's just not fast enough, he's making really. he's not fast enough but he still makes rookie mistakes really rookie mistakes um so i think like i think he's his time's up i think with the cost cap as well it hasn't helped him because all of a sudden williams are like they might be in a situation financially where they can kind of get the most out of the cap and they don't need the money from 
um, what is it, Lavazza anymore, or from from his father? Safina. <gasps> Hot tip. Tell me. Oscar goes there, and they go with an Alpine uh, Renault power unit next year. I don't think that I don't think they would want to leave Mercedes for Alpine. Mate, that Alpine's better than the Mercedes at the moment. Depends not, if they can not. get it cheaper, Joe. Yeah, that's I right. So. The, 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 performance, the performance difference between the two is not big enough at the moment to warrant they, it. Let's say, think, for example, Renault say we'll give you all of... If Renault say we'll give you all of Oscar's engines next year for free, that's a huge financial incentive with the cost cap for them to say, yeah, oh. we'll, we'll take that on. Because worst yeah. case scenario, they're still battling at the back with teams in that are that are struggling as well. So I don't yeah. think it's going to be that that dramatic for them, right? I don't think um, I, I really don't think that's going to happen. But I'd also I, I would I wouldn't be I would I would be surprised if it happened. But I could understand it happening. But mm. I just think Mercedes is just an all round like you wouldn't gamble against them. Yeah. After yeah. half a season. And then get around. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. I um. We've seen drivers from different stables be loaned out before. It's like mm. not. It's not a taboo thing anymore. I um. Speaking of the other Canadian, Seb, sure. who we've called for his retirement many times because he wasn't hasn't been performing, mm. is making him look yeah rookie. Horrible. I've had yeah. to eat my words very much so recently. He if he, if he didn't have that lock up going into turn four against was it your, was it yuki yeah, sonoda sonoda's yeah. been really good by the way mm, yeah if he if he didn't have that lock up take no it wasn't sorry it was against um Ocon. Oh, um Ocon. oh, oh it was he, yeah if he didn't um have that lock up he would have been had another top six result mm. and and like i think he's still past his use by date but i think what it does show is that there's promise in the car that stroll is not achieving and even on in qualifying day when he had his accident again oh man that was the funniest thing i saw the i saw the yellow come up again the second time and i thought sure surely not who else is it gonna be the guy's just i just i was thinking i was thinking because i was thinking about this this week because i was like man now i'm eating my words if you had a driver of the caliber of like nick devries we've never seen him in formula one Hmm. surely he would be able to at least. Um, he did one practice. He did one practice session on was faster than Latifi. Um, Latifi, by the yeah, way. You, like you would think, like at least he could mimic the results that Stroll gets. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Like we we have got these talents in the in the backlogs now yeah. that we're all dying to sort of at least see what they have. And and I, I'm I'm still of the belief that like a DeVries could could perform at the level that even Vettel's performing for that car. Yeah. Um. But I do think that since they've updated that sort of the whole new the whole new side of the car, and it seems to have, um, the green Red Bull, pretty much the green Red Bull, like we're seeing a, a much more confident Vettel. So I wouldn't be I'm not saying he's as looks as bad as he did at the start of the year, but mm. especially with with um, I think Lance, unfortunately, if the team wants to progress and be sort of that team that they're sort of trying to make out that they are. They yeah. need to put their best foot forward and have the best drivers possible in the car. But we know that that is actually not the case with that team. They're actually well, hurting themselves. That's the point that we made. Um, that's the point that we made a couple of weeks ago when I said for them to be taken seriously, they need to show that they're serious about winning. And particularly for um, for Lawrence Stroll, if he's going to have any credence as a boss within his team, like he has to make the decision that's best for the team and right now um lance stroll is not that person if every race race was a wet race and you could guarantee that then maybe there's some argument for him being in the team because he for whatever reason performs very well in the wet not recently I don't, but I don't not recently is, i don't think lance is i think lance is a much better driver than latifi I'm, I'll, I'll put that i think he's a much quicker driver than latifi and i, and I mm. see more of a I want for him in the grander motorsport landscape mm. if he was mm. to leave F1 mm. than I would for Latifi. I think he'd do great at Indy. Do you I think, think he'd do that... great in an in LMP2 car. I'd love to see him in something like do, that. Do you think that there's a conversation to be had on the pod down the line where if you have all the money in the world and your whole junior career, you're put in the best team 
consistently and at no stage do you ever really have to fight or grind with the inferior car that you just don't have the the skill set that someone who has to do less has to do more with less might have I don't so think for so, example you if you're someone like a every month, level mm. you can be a yeah, monk that, even but, in those levels yeah but you if you're someone the best of the best team so you're saying when there's a bit of adversity i'm saying like say for example like mark weber his whole junior career <laughs> was kind of scrimping and saving to make it happen at every stage along the way and he knew the limits of his car same as hamilton and the, yeah and hamilton and the people around it but see hamilton yes until he went to mclaren mm. but until he got to that mclaren point it was a very similar situation but if you have to scrimp and save and you've got to find other ways to um kind of maximize performance then i think it sets you up better for formula one so if you even look at someone like sergio perez yes he had money to get him through every stage up to formula one but he was never in the best car and you have to kind of figure out how you're going to maximize events and how to maximize results when everything isn't there when you look at someone like latifi and someone like stroll every stage along the way best car prima or ed or dams or whatever it might be you've we've got the money put you in the best team you can have multiple years at that team and see how you perform and they never really won in those levels either latifi, they did well, for example sorry um stroll won in f3 um but apart from that there wasn't a whole lot no i think there's some definitely some credit to what you're saying i think when we've never seen a a, a, a driver who's money is so closely linked to his family mm. ever do more than survive a couple of years in formula one mm. like even like you'd say like rossberg didn't have money coming in but he had the the big name from his mm. father mm. but even he had to still not just sort of meet expectations but then exceed expectations to make the step mm. from but he still won f2 I think he won F yeah, he won F two. None of the drivers that we're talking about now, neither of the two that we're talking about now ever won F two. Well, Even someone like Mick Schumacher, for example. Mick Schumacher, one F three, one F two, like deserves to go into F one. Piastri, he was racing for Primer as well. One F three, one F two. Whereas couple of weeks, boys, don't worry about it, it'll be there. Whereas yeah, think, with I, these I drivers now. I think what yeah. you're saying is definitely right. And it might just be the um the hunger or the fight. That's right. And the other like thing you, is that the other they don't that have any experience they, when they some. leave the sport. Mm. They don't need to work. Mm. Like well, look at Palmer. Jolie and Palmer hasn't. I thought he would have gone into some other kind of racing. He is doing like journalism. Journalism. Yeah. And he's like shit at that too. But anyway, I don't mind him as I don't mind him as a pundit. But I just thought like, the, the, obviously the love to race just mustn't be. Like you've got mm. all these other F two drivers in wherever they are. You know, De Vries. Verline, even like these, all these big names that Formula e, Wex, made it. Yeah, like they're still know, racing and like indie. they're still competing. Whereas you know the people, like these big money family people, it's like oh well, we'll figure something else out then because maybe the passion to race just isn't there. And anyway, we'll find out in five years. This will be a much easier conversation to have when we see what's happened to them. Yeah, look, we've uh, we've had a dig at the the Canadians and had our little whinges. Well, I have, but um, mate. A bit of praise where praise is due. Mm. A couple of George, we've spoken about it. Mm. Um, but he Red Bull, back. yeah, yeah, we'll see. That car just might be suited to that track, but specific cars, specific specific tracks. That's he's that's done three the in a row now. Be... He's done three in a row, but he's done Baku. He was impressive. Monaco, he was impressive. Spain, he was impressive. Yeah, I don't know, but Yuki's. Like, well, Yuki, good too. Hey, here's the so, other one. We've got to say Yuki as well. Like yeah, Yuki yeah. from where he was last year. Yeah, 100%. It's an interesting thing to present to you about Gasly because Anthony was saying, oh, Gasly is the guy that McLaren should take over, over Danny Rick. 100%. But he's, 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 he's my thing. So you're going to have a, a one race even, winner. It's not even that. At the at this moment in time, like we got a couple of races now to see, that um, Alpha Tari might be a better proposition then McLaren, like in the way that's sort of swinging, like do you do you leave the certainty? More, do you leave the certainty mm, more upside if you there's more potential upside mm. at McLaren? And you know what I think would happen if he went to McLaren? I think Norris gets put under the fire 
in a way that he hasn't been for the last two years and he kind of needs it. And that might stop the whimpering, H, if he has someone that's actually lighting a fire under him. I'm hoping DR's turned a corner because they did say that they found a setup where he felt a lot more comfortable this weekend. Mm. And Montreal is very similar. It's like kind of Monza-esque. Yeah, um, very Albert Park-esque. Yeah, so I'm hoping he has another really strong weekend, builds that confidence and keeps going. But I did want to um, talk about Red Bull. They yeah. are... Yeah, like I don't, I don't like Red Bull, but they are on fire. I think the biggest thing for Red Bull isn't so much Verstappen and what he's doing. I think Perez has elevated to another level, and it's just showing how dominant the team is now. Yeah. Um, like we said, we said it earlier, but for him to be realistically, he was the better car all weekend. Probably deserved to win the race more than the number one. He dropped um, off a lot though when Verstappen was ahead. He was like what fifteen seconds back. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. So, and even he was confused as to why the race pace was so different. Mm. As a team, though, like realistically, no matter who's ahead or behind, as a mm. team, they look formidable, and that's the only yeah. word I can think of at the moment. Like they've they're string they're stringing together results at the worst time for Ferrari because where Ferrari's struggling, they're getting one twos. You know, they're looking that even they don't even need to get poles, but in the race mm. pace, they they are looking so strong. I, um, are I saw a. Sorry, man. Sorry. I saw a stat today that um, Max has won from Charles' pole positions more than Charles has. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's that's the that's sort of the flip side. Like, the, the pressure and the frustration at Ferrari just mm. keeps... Like, it just keeps getting sort of twisted tighter and, like, just everything's getting turned up a little bit more. And you can definitely... Like, I would not be... Like, this is Ferrari we're talking about. I would not be surprised if this does not get rectified and the season doesn't at least end on a po- like a positive trajectory, that Bernardo will be out as team principal yeah, at the end or, of the year. This I, don't, is I, think, this is... I don't think it's as dire as we're saying for Ferrari right now. Like I can, um, this is what I can see happening with them. If they they're lose one, to McLaren, if they lose to Mercedes this they year? Won't, they won't lose to Mercedes. They're no. one good result away from oh. turning the whole season around. I can, like, I can easily see them going to a place like Canada Putting the cars on one two, and mm. that that track is pretty difficult to pass on. Getting a one two race finish, and then all of a sudden their championship turns around from there because they actually realise the potential of that team, and they haven't they haven't won two once this year. That's well, what yeah, I'm saying. I mean, they need to realise that, and then once they know they can do that, then I think the trajectory of their season changes. Yeah. Whereas right now it's kind of we should be the best. We're performing really well in qualifying, but this is happening in the race, and that's happening. Once that happens. I think there's I don't going to understand be this whole should be the best argument, really. We're, we're, we're talking, we just said that Canada is very much like Albert Park. Mm. Leclerc absolutely dominated that weekend. Mm. So if that yeah, car stays. This, this was with a, that was with an older, end, like sort of engine design. Like this, they've got a new, apparently it's a new, it's ever since they put an updated MGUH in all these Ferraris that this problem has started rearing mm. its head. Like. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm watching the race, I'm always thinking Ferrari's going to stuff this up somehow. Ferrari's going to stuff this up. Whereas when Red Bull, no matter where they are, second, third, I'm just thinking Red Bull's going to do this. Well, the difference is is that we've seen Red Bull have reliability problems as well. Like this is yeah. that's not the problem. The problem is with Ferrari is that with weeks like at Monaco, they're in prime position. And Imola, calls. Imola, and then you know, um, so Leclerc you, made the mistake himself. On as the well. weekends when, on the weekends where they should be maximising, they're making mm. mistakes, which then leaves them no room for error. In and then they have weekends like this when they have double, sort of double, um, what are they called? Double failures, mm. and there's no cushion. But it's not even they're not they're not close enough to even have this weekend, and then they have it. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's. Sort of like at least with Red Bull, you know that if they finish, they're going to be at least Max is going to be in a first, second, or third if he finishes at the moment. Yeah, but we've seen Leclerc finish sixth, then he finishes fourth. It's like they're not the big points you need to keep up this title race. If you're going to sprinkle a few DNFs in there, I'm, I'm yeah. I think I'm with Ant though. I can see them absolutely killing it this weekend. In once Mon- they do Montreal. get their, I feel like once they do get their shit together. Like, we're going to see them um, take off. Like, I, I just think 
Like this I is a new situation for them as done. well. I'm gonna say. You think the season's done now? Oofed. I, I think. I think. With the lead that Red Bull have now, maybe the constructors is done. uh, The constructors is definitely done, unless I I think that's done. But I can't see. I can see Max still winning races, but I can't see Science getting in between Max and um, and Charles in the races where um, he's finishing second is enough. Well, maybe the end, like maybe the constructors championship is maybe the constructors constructors championship is a little bit of a uh, more of a foregone conclusion. But it's I'm not because another more a, Red, about a Red Bull double failure would bring it all back together. But no, I think you'd need a couple if it's eighty points. But yeah, I I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the pace that Leclerc has shown this year, I would struggle with this much of the season to go to say that he's out of it for example he wins two or three races in the row brings yeah. in 24 points that's half the deficit that's more than half the deficit that's set that he's mm. behind for step on already it brings it back to like a single digit mm. um disadvantage so well, i don't we, know how i feel we, about that yeah we kind of saw it last year where max was ahead before the last five or six races, and then Lewis yes. won four or five on the trot and was back and how, in it. And so, how far ahead was he at Silverstone before the mm. infamous um, turn thirteen incident? So, yeah. there's still so much of the season to go. The problem with bloody F1 making these seasons longer and longer <laughs> is that it means that the like how you have to kind of um, prevent making any hypotheses for how so many races long are left. I think we've only done eight races. Yeah, yeah, we've so done eight out of twenty-two, or so twenty-three. Yeah, I think it's twenty-three. I think they got rid of like, one. Like, so if you if so you got fifteen races left, right? So about one third of the way through. Yeah, yeah. Mate, if, if we get to half, if by the time we get to halfway, mm. this lead has stayed the same, or has slightly like three three or four points gone one way or the other way. Mm. Will you still feel the same way about it in terms I think of? It, I would, um, I would, form. I would still put money on Leclerc if he was within a twenty twenty point deficit by halfway through the season. Yeah, fair enough. If he was, if he was twenty or less by round twelve, yeah. takes is one Charles, DNF. Is Charles's likability something that makes? No, I like him less than Carlos, but I just think Carlos, he's bloody I mean, quick. Over Max. No, no, I got no. I, I, I don't feel anything for him. Like I don't have any biases. I, I'd rather Charles than Max. Um, fair enough. No, I just think object like he's he's bloody quick. Like mm. he's quick. He should like he should have won that race. Um, should have won a few races this year. He made a mistake at Imola. That's going to bite him in the ass because that's fifteen points that would have been in his, in his, his mistake. bank account. M- Apart from that, the team's mistake. Yeah, that's the thing. Like regardless, it's still mistakes and it's still losing points. So from from their point of view, we don't see these problems from this can't happen. Red Bull and Mercedes, mate. That's this can't thing. happen. Well, that's the, that's the other crazy thing. Now George is actually third in the championship, ahead of ahead of um, Carlos, mm. which is mega, mega effort. Yeah. Still very early. Like Leando was cracking third for a lot of yeah, last but, season. But, but but hypothetically, we get half like we're one third as halfway through the season. Yeah. Mercedes bring. An yeah, update they get their, turn their that shit around. That, yeah. we're, that we're talking about, mm. right? And then instead of the the two big teams this year flying one two one two mm. hypothetically you have a third team injected in the mix taking points sudden, away mm. but it's not even that all of a sudden yeah they might not be able to close up on the championship as such but if their cars are good enough they'll they're have, taking points they're, away they're, from the other two teams yeah but they're also they're also close enough to actually hurt Ferrari in terms of close that gap mm. I think they, they have um, like twenty something points between uh, Ferrari and, and and McLaren at the moment, because even though McLaren have a slow car, they're not getting many. I don't think they've had any reliability issues this year. McLaren or Mercedes? Sorry, Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. No, they've been pretty. They've been bulletproof. Um, I think we've been hypothesising on the future directions Love's of the season boring. for long enough. Yeah, it's good for us, but I don't know if it's good for the listeners. They're kind of just probably think, what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> but um, wisdom. <laughs> I like this. I like this phrase. I think that should become a hashtag. Um, before we go, IndyCar this weekend. 
Road Great America. Race. Scotty McLaughlin had a, a decent showing all weekend, which was good to see. Um, but I'm finding it very hard to watch an F1 race and then to watch an IndyCar race after that. But how did you boys find find the race? I thought it was actually, I thought it was a great race. I mean, it's a great track. And that's one mm. thing that we always have gripes about with F1. And, and I want to say this quickly before we leave F1 now. Baku is the best street circuit on the track because mm. it's oh, conducive yeah. to overtaking. Yeah. Like, I think that has to be said. Even Spectacle though, at Singapore is pretty good. No overtaking in Singapore, but yeah. it's true. That's I would true. say, yeah, even though I don't really like the, the Baku track layout, in terms of like the look of it, and I hate mm. the castle section. Mm. In terms of actually, I hate the castle section. <laughs> Why? It's useless. You can't pass through it. It's just like a. It's like it's a, a wank. It's a wank factor that's just there for the sake of it. It's like the whole Monaco track. But it's just like a hundred meter piece, so I can I can handle it. But as as a, as a race, it is the best street circuit. Yeah. And I don't. And I think when I look at the Vegas layout, it sort of has the same ideas of the mm. Baku layout, but I just don't understand why if we have had Baku for a couple of years and we've seen that it is a, a layout that is conducive to at least overtaking. Mm. How do we get Saudi Arabia then? Eh? How do we get Jeddah? <laughs> like stuff like this, like or Miami. Like how do we get these these designs? Curves, mate. They're big doodles. Yeah. That's what they are. Like this, they're just curves. It's like, like they think that cars can just overtake on the outside at any given moment. Mm. Anyway, that's my bitch. Well, that's well. You know, we've probably spoken enough about it over the last couple of pods. But when you like, it's a good point. When we do watch back to um, Baku, when we do watch um, like a race like Road America, now it's the same. It's the same ingredients that we always say. It's and it's got a runway as well. It's rough roads and it's um, like this undulation, different surfaces on the track. Like it's everything that makes. Like I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's all those little inconsistencies and variables that actually allow for great racing. Like when we've got those manicured circuits that we have in Formula One now. And- I think that's it, mate. You yeah. could pave, you could you could relay Road America, yeah, and flatten out all the bumps. And yeah, it but would I think still you'd lose a great track. Yeah, but I think you'd lose some of the. I think you would lose some of its. Um, some of its ability to overtake because you would, but you, you, would, know, you also wouldn't want to see F1 cars bumping without the porpoising. And there's a lot of, we're seeing it now. like, yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, hypothetical but, 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 world, saying, if that like, wasn't if you, occurring, if that didn't occur, you didn't have the porpoising factor and you had these cars that had so much torque and so much power coming out of the corner and the driver had to control the wheel spin because of the inconsistencies of a particular curb or a bump in a corner or whatever it might be. But you wouldn't if even those need things it. are there. But, if, but I'm saying if they are there, well, mm. then you just give that little element that a great driver is going to pounce on that a good driver might be a little bit more tentative on. Yeah, you know, you're it's, definitely it's, right. It's, it's, it's like Bathurst. Why at Bathurst do you see the great drivers excelling and the good drivers kind of just falling further and further behind? Because those great drivers on those sections of the track that are unforgiving, crazy, a little bit, unknown they push for it and they make it and you know your average driver is going to be a little bit more conservative and and not make this you know not not make the same from that particular situation well i'll um, say this i'll say this if you like formula one and you're a listener yeah. and and i'm going to give a second plug now go get yourself stan sport and then go watch an indycar race like the one we had this weekend at road america because all the things that you want in an f1 race or you think you like you'll definitely see Mm. Um, and and you'll also see what anthony always harps on about and what i was saying before even if you flatten that track and relayed it consequences if you go wide gravel and grass everywhere don't don't flatten no no runoff you know what i love about indy tell me i love that every race that you watch the results not get like it's not decided until the last until the last lap like if you've saved up your push to pass Mm. like i think they were saying today grosjean had 39 seconds of push to pass pass left in the last two laps like Mm. and he made that that move on we tried to make the move on herder at the end but like do you know what i mean it's that jeopardy at the end and there's always something happening like i think mclaughlin herder grosjean i think there was four cars that crossed the line pretty much within a tenth of each other yeah it was awesome 
but you know, I thought, you know, boys, we knew how we had the conversation last week about how to fix Formula One. There was we one, fixed it. We did fix it, but there was one thing that we forgot to talk about that would have fixed it even further. Oh. Safety cars. Get rid of the v, virtual safety car. Oh, yeah. And actually yeah. bring bunching up back I don't to understand. every incident. I, 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 I don't, don't know understand. why you would get rid of that. The, 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 I can understand why they like the idea behind the virtual safety car, mm. but in terms of actually just bringing some excitement to a race, and jeopardy uh, back, yeah. I mean, it's 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 been like the the dumbest, and it, I don't care if drivers. It doesn't don't improve like it, the racing race. at all. Hundred yeah, percent. It does nothing for. It's not like it's a spectacle, like, right? Like we, have Le Mans, spectacle. we have we have Le Mans this week. Yeah, like, but I don't care about Le Mans. Le Mans, I'm they saying, can I'm have this... like the slow zone makes yeah. sense because you're not slowing down the whole lap. It's just yeah. a certain part, part of the big lap yeah. that makes it safe to remove cars without bunching up. So, um, We're also talking about a 24-hour race. Yeah. So, like, there's there's reasons why that sort of system works in certain situations. But putting it in Formula 1, all it does is hurt the ability for, 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 for the um, congestion for of the field. Because mm. then safety cars breed safety cars. And as much as people say they don't like it, every fan loves safety cars restarts yeah. more accidents Chaos. and safety cars and it would also give latifi a chance to catch up to the back of the grid again <laughs> or just survive long enough to withstand a couple accidents poor bastard's <laughs> treading water just with his, <laughs> his swallowing water as he goes but can i say the funniest thing in that grand prix yesterday the, the formula one one back back to formula one was when magnuson had to retire and those marshals did not want to move that toyota prado and they just pushed that Haas and left it there the whole race. I don't know I if you noticed that. That Haas was there the whole race because they didn't move that Prado out of the what are they, exit they, road or whatever. Maybe they lost the keys. Oh, so funny. Magnuson's there pointing at it, go and move, and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the Indy. Yeah. So we've definitely, like, we've had a, a big enough um, sort of season chunk now to sort mm. of see the main players of the season. Having said that, well, like re- realistic, realistically, I sent the um, table to you fellas on the chat. Yeah. Like there are still so many good players. The um, issue that happened of... this week in IndyCar was Will Power had a shocker. Pelot didn't finish oh. the race. Wasn't O'Ward, his fault though. No, it wasn't. O'Ward didn't finish the race. Then you have um, people like Alex Ericsson's, Rossi. Who have had... Alex Rossi's had three awesome races in a row. And he's kind Ericsson. of back, in, back into seventh. Now, Ericsson's in the lead which is probably good because he won't maintain, I don't think, where he's at. Um, but there's a lot of people that are like, the, the gap in the top 10 has shrunk over the last three races dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all to play for. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's still, there's, there's still what more, just over half the season to go. There's 95 yeah. points separating Pagano in 10th and Ericsson in first. There you go. There you go. So and every driver in that list, and I think McLaughlin's eleventh, and he's not far off that as well. No, he's not. Yeah, like I'm saying, but I'm saying every oh, every driver in that top ten, mm. you could see if they put a run together, they would all be able to sort of sustain or be part of a championship fight. Mm. So like the jeopardy involved in in qualifying, especially now getting into that fast six, even getting into the fast twelve, but definitely the fast six makes so much difference in getting that clear air and then like you saw if Will Power had a terrible qualifying session then gets um, hit by De Francesco yeah in, in the mm. fourth lap ruins yeah. his race what a so, move that was that yeah, would have been I'm, a good I'm, move if he moved over half a car length more yeah. he but was on a run say, to like, be honest with you you see what, who did um, who did Ericsson hit Ericsson sort of had that um, was it Paolo Paolo, Paolo. Yeah. yeah so same thing like you get sort of stuck in the midfield and these and these accidents can sort of happen that then derail your 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 the season. That, the other thing that we've seen is that just at the beginning of the year, Ganassi was kind of all over, like on top of it, and Penske was doing well as well. And in the last three or four races, um, Andretti have kind of come back into the oh, Rossi. No, they finished third, fourth, and fifth. The three of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they kind of they are definitely coming back strong in the second half of the season. So. If that trajectory continues, come come the finale at um, at Laguna Seca, and we might have a you know a pretty awesome end to the championship. Is but, it ironic that Rossi got let go and is the one who's 
now highest up on the table. No, I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think from Andretti's point of view, like Kirkwood's doing a super job at Dale Coyne. Um and they're kind of just future proofing themselves, I think, because otherwise it's gonna go somewhere else. Yeah. Um they've got Herder who's gonna be there long term, they've got Kirkwood as well now. Grosjean wouldn't be there for too much longer. Um so I think they're just future proofing themselves. And to be honest, like over the last 18 to 24 months, I mean, Rossi has had um, a lot of peaks and valleys and they probably just... I think the team has had a lot of peaks and valleys though. They have, they have. They're, they're um, a very peaky and valley team in general, except for the Indianapolis 500. They, yeah, they tend to come come strong at the end of the year, traditionally. Yeah. Like they always struggle to begin. Anyway, but I thought it was an awesome race. Like IndyCar is, is, is going, going, you know, balls to the wall right now. Like it's awesome racing, awesome... So many get your cars. Sport. Yeah, get mm. stand sport and watch watch even just watch an indie car mini on stand yeah. sport. I mean, They're half an hour. Like Yeah. Like what else do you want? Yeah. Um it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay, boys, we've got only um six more days till we have the Canadian Grand Prix next week. Any any bold statements? I made a the bold claim that McLaren would get their would be the third fastest team this weekend. After after practice three, I was they really weren't even close to that. I was though. sold. I was sold on on the concept, but then they were nah, They were nowhere near it. They're they were top near speed, and that worries me for this weekend because it is there is so many straights, and it's it's very much like Monza where it's mm. chicane straight, chicane straight. Well, they got a, yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they've either got to trim the trim the arrow off that thing. Pick up some speed, or uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think um, Ferrari one two. That's going to be my claim. A Ferrari one two qualifying and the race. Ah, uh, I'm Red Bull to have some gremlins this week. Hmm. I'm just going to say rain is going to affect the outcome of the race. Is it going to be rain? Yeah, I don't know, but there's always rain at um, Canada. For, forecast is saying rain all weekend. Apparently. Boom. Oh really. If it's rain, then I would say Red Bull has a chance of going one two. But anyway, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to blow it out of the water. It's, it's definitely an awesome track to sort of. Well, if it's rain, can I throw a different hypothesis out there? No, you already had your hypothesis. Ricardo to win if it rains. I was going to say George Russell. Ooh, Ooh that's a good Russell one. in the wet. Russell like in the wet that. to win. I like well, that. Yep. Hold on to both of those, then. I'll have two. I'll have a. <laughs> it's a multi. I don't know how it works, like logistically with. Ferrari to go one two and 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 Russell to win, but either way, they would be some interesting and and well needed storylines in Formula One. I love this track, so can't wait. It won't be a big passing track, track but it's a beautiful no, it track to watch. But mm. it won't be a big passing be a procession. race. Mm. Mm. Procession. There's only one straight, like one straight. You can really do anything on. You yeah, know what would be the funniest thing in the world, but for Latifi and Stroll to both get taken out by the Wall of Champions. Oof, no, that's actually probably. That's going to happen at some point. It's reality. If it's wet, it's not probably... even funny. It's just going to be yeah. what's going to happen. That, it's going to take up more than just them. It's called that the should be my cha- call. That it's should be my call. Do you think mere mortals can't hit it as well? Yeah, at, at, throughout one of those sessions from Friday to Sunday, both of them are going to hit that wall. Actually, yeah. here's, a, here's a better one. Wall of Champions is going to take out Max Verstappen this weekend. 100%. He'll, he'll, he'll overcook it into that chicane and gone. Get a salt bay in there. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a that's, well. He's a champion now. I like that call, Joey. I'm, I'm, if um, if this cut happens, it's 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 only one word for it, mate. It's just hashtag fat boy wisdom. Fat that's boy all, wisdom. That's all it is. <laughs> hey, you got to make a little snippet of this for Insta, I think. Oh, well. that's a good call. That's a good call. Oh. Oh, hypothesis. All right, boys. I think we'll leave it there for this week. Enjoy the racing. Enjoy the week, and I'll see you. Or actually, next can, I, can, night. I, can we can we can we oh, finish off? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. right, you said you're going to do it. Yeah, what was I going to do? I just wanted to sort of um, take a moment to just say farewell to one of my favourite racing categories that sort of had its that had its last meaningful Le Mans this weekend, which was the category of GT Pro at Le Mans. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot GTE of GTE Pro. GTE Pro. I know a lot of people probably don't know what it is. Nope. But for those those of you who do. It was an excellent race with a lot of twists and turns along the way. But the reason I want to say thank you to this category is what this category has kept Le Mans interesting 
for the last ten years. Not ten years. Ever since uh, Porsche and Audi pulled out of the sport, the top class of racing has not been what it used to be. And LMP2 has always been a great category, but there's no manufacturer names in there. And what GT Pro did was it made the the Porsche, race Ferrari, really, really relevant for the big mm. brands. And like we didn't, we haven't seen it for a couple of years, but there was, I think, two or three years ago, it would have been about 18 GT Pro cars from BMW, Porsche, Audi, Cor- not Audi, Porsche, Corvette, Aston Martin, Ferrari, putting on a great race. And yes, over the years now they've cut them back again but this has been a category that I, I know me and Anth can say has been one of the best to watch especially in endurance racing for its closeness and for the ability of, and for the way that these drivers have driven these cars hard and it but was be, I, I think it's like, been it's been awesome for, like to essentially keep Le Mans relevant to them. those manufacturers but the reason why we're losing it is because of the the future of the sport well, and, well, and every, where it is every, right now every team pretty much has a car coming into the new hypercar mm. uh category which is which is fine like i can i can understand why the category is leaving us and i think as well the gtem category is strong enough to carry the gt sort of moniker at le mans like well into the future like it's, that, that is such good racing as well but i just wanted to say farewell to one of the greatest categories at Le Mans and thank you for keeping the mate I'm not that smart it's fat boy wisdom yeah but that's not wisdom that's sort of what because you're the smartest guy I know Um, Nostradamus he knows it's a joke Um, anyway so I just wanted to say farewell older friend and hopefully one day we'll see you again that was cute Joe now let's finish on that because farewell old friend (laughs) I love it this guy. All right, boys. Catch you next week. Thanks, mate. Enjoy like and follow the pod. That's it. And That's rate it. us. Thanks, guys. And get your KO and your stand sports. <laughs>